Gundam style. Welcome to Wow Cool Robot. It's a Gundam podcast. I'm Sarah Ayushi, her pronouns, and I'm joined today by Max. Hi, I'm Max. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, goodbye, Dort. Goodbye, Dort. We hardly knew ye. Um, Dort is in our rear view mirror now. Mm, Dort's in the mirror are further and further and further than they appear. Yeah, ba- what, what's the fucking Great Gatsby thing? You know, backs in the distance, rowing ceaselessly or whatever? Uh-huh. I've read, I, I I like to pretend like I'm well read on this podcast by referencing books I read in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, most people read Great Gatsby in high school, but like, you know, when I'm like, oh, Catch Twenty Two, it's like it's just yeah. it's just all shit that I read in high school. I've never read a book. <laughs> well, cool robot, the world's first and foremost uh, high school English uh, podcast. Yeah. Mm. Fucking next week we'll be discussing The Alchemist. <laughs> um. Things We're in apart. it. I'm re- up next on book club. Things fall apart, but you are Chebe. <laughs> I mean, things are beginning to fall apart in the show a little bit. A little bit. Things are things are fine. Nobody who none no beloved characters died this week. Hmm. In in a in an incredibly raw emotional moment that was quite good anime. Yeah, I wound up watching that scene three times on accident because I was like, the first time I got to that scene, I like I just tabbed away from my notes because I was like, I'm just gonna let yeah. this raw raw. Well, we should we should actually you know we should do the episode summary first. Let's and then let's talk just about get it. it. Yeah, let's get it. Okay, so episode sixteen. Fumaton Admos. God fucking damn it, man. Like, that's Uh-oh. literally the first thing I wrote on this, on these notes. <laughs> just fucking... <laughs> God fucking damn it, man. <sighs> Despite the Unionist Uprising's commitment to peaceful negotiations, Gallarhorn does a false flag and uses it to absolutely massacre the protesters. This incites further uprisings all across the other dork colonies, making it so nobody in Tekadon can get out of there. This includes Fumaton, who's trying to escape Kudelia so that her bosses can't use her to kill the littlest rebellion leader. Unfortunately, when Cudelia runs into the streets to cradle a dying Unionist, a sniper takes aim at her, and Fumaton jumps in front of the bullet and dies in a very tragic moment that made me cry. Mikazuki finds Cudelia and helps her reunite with the rest of Tekadon as they try to figure out just what they're doing next. It's fucking powerful! God! <sighs> Rest in pieces. Rest in pe- Like, it's one of those things, like, and, you know, credit where it's due, when the entire episode is... So clearly saying she's gonna die. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where a death doesn't have to be unexpected and shocking. Like a death can have just a billion points of lead up to it and still have like an incredible emotional weight to it mm-hmm. because it's just like it's done in a good way, and this is done in a good way. I'd say. Yeah, it it is. Um, yeah. Let, let's go through. We'll get we'll get to there when we get to there. Let's go through. We'll this. get there. Yeah. Let's, let's go through this. Our piecemeal. Mm-hmm. So we we start with um the we it literally starts with baby with baby Cadelia and made made outfit skateboarding made Fumaton chilling in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cadelia really wants to know about more about the people of Mars. Yeah. And uh, Cadelia is <laughs> Fumaton's like I will tell you. Do not tell your mother. And then Cadelia's like, cool. Check out this book, which Fumaton has yeah. never seen a book before. It's oh shit! This is a real paper book, a paper not an book? iPad. Kids these days wouldn't know how to. <laughs> this is not know how to read book anymore. She just she does like the Gaston like book hold. 
<laughs> Kids would rather go to Gundam than go to book. What does this say about our society? <laughs> um, and we see in the book a a figure that is just kind of known as the Maiden of Revolution. This is gonna be. I'll tell you now, Sarah. You're gonna see this. You're gonna see this fucking picture like every other episode until the Great. show ends, pretty much. I definitely do not feel an immense emotional pang every time I see it. Uh huh. It's 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 never forget October third. No, um, never forget it, Fumaton Admas. <laughs> it's um. It's like a, a, a painting of this this blonde woman carrying like a sword and like someone like in, in her arms on the other side of her. It's cool. It is like it's one of those things that you don't even think of until a character reacts to seeing a real paper book that you're like, oh yeah, that would like check out, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we kind of like cut back and forth in this whole intro because we got to the real world of Kudelia chasing after Fumitan. She's kind of like hiding behind a corner, like very close to Kudelia, but still like you know refuses to get near her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and I, I think um. The way the scene is framed, I don't think we get the f- full flashback yet, but my notes are like, this is clearly not the first time that Fumitan's abandoned Kudelia. Yeah. Um, gotta say, not the best caretaker of her over the years, it seems. No. Listen, no. She, she, <laughs> she's a bit fickle. She's a bit fickle. She's, look, she's, she had literally, to, she's literally neurodivergent and a minor. She, look, she had to take some time away from Kudelia to practice her cool fucking vert tricks. Can you blame her? Yeah, she had to fucking, she had to do all the 720. Are you going to deny that from her? Skate or die. Yeah. And of course, we know, we know what option she ended up choosing, yeah, but alas. Oh. Um, we, we, we cut to the boys. They're like in the hotel that Kudelia and Fumitan used to be in. Um, they know they're gone. Mika runs off after them and Atra runs after after Mika while yeah. the boys are still kind so, of like So much good Atra in these episodes. Atra's so fucking good. Like, there, are like, ti- there are times in the show when I think they like really just like abide by gender lines and just like, you know, uh-huh. oh, the boys are this and the girls are this. And I think there are moments where they do that and it also works really well. Like, I think the end of the third episode we do today where really hits that mm-hmm. for me. Where it's like, I could roll my eyes at what's happening because it is, you know, the two women sobbing and, you know, as a, with a stoic man between them. But it's it's also just, you know, nice. Good Atra moments in those episodes. Yeah. God, we love her. Um, we, we we see, like, you know, the union demonstration is continuing to progress. They're all marching towards the headquarters. Um, importantly, Mr. Rogers, um, what's his face, the leader of all the union people, um, he orders them not to fire the first shots. They need to make progress through demonstration and negotiation. And this will be very important for later on. Um, and then we cut to Galio up in space in the uh, Gjallarhorn fleet base, who's still like, uh, he's still mad because of this whole demonstration. That he can't do anything. And the commander's like, no, the Arian, yeah, I think they call it the Arianrod fleet. Um, this is yeah, essentially the, like, it's, <clears throat> It's it's like it's it's half like it feels like someone tried to like phoneticize iron rot. Uh-huh. So it's the iron rod. Iron rod. It's like A R A I R A N R H O D. Uh-huh. Uh Arian Rod is a f- Wikipedia a figure in Welsh, Welsh mythology player's most important role. Oh, Arian Arian Rod. Okay, I was misreading it. Arian Rod. Yeah. Um but essentially the Arian Rod fleet is like they're kind of like Yallerhorn's like pro like not special forces, but it's like when the Aryan Rod fleet, you know, shit's gonna go down. Yeah, is essentially, like when they're there, like some someone's getting fucked up. Um, and so this is when we get the sort of full flashback of Babi Kudelia. She's back on Mars, and she's like in the Martian like slum streets. Yeah, um, 
and Fumitan is kind of like, you know, she's following her, playing along, and, and, and Kudelia sees, like, a young girl uh, hunched against a building, like, in the shade. And she walks up, and she hands that candy, and she's like, hey. Uh, well, at first, like, Fumitan, like, grabs her wrist, and she says, like, no, you can't help them by giving them candy. Like, you have to do more. Like, it's essentially saying, like, you know, you can help, you can give them candy, but, like, what I think you're after is to give them a better lifestyle. But she's still kind of like a naive child in this scene, not mm-hmm. really understanding that, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, she goes and she gives candy to the little girl. Um, and then, like, she starts getting swarmed by other people, and then, like, an old man grabs her and is like, can I have some? Can I, she can I have some out. Snickers? <laughs> I'm Please. not me. I'm hungry. I'm not me right now. Please, I want some cracker. <laughs> do, you, do you have any of those baby roots? Those shits are really good. You got any payday? I need some protein. <laughs> yeah. If you get, we can split a Kit Kat. They have four of them in the pack. <laughs> uh, and Kudeli is freaking out, and she's looking around. She can't see Fumitan anywhere. And of course, Fumitan's like kind of hiding around a wall. But like, we learn later on the reason why Fumitan does this. But like, again, not necessarily the best caregiver when all of her lessons are trying to like do a scared straight on Kudeli. Yeah, <laughs> like this is the this is the real terror of the homeless. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's a another moment where the show's trying to send a message and is doing so in an incredibly strange and off-putting way. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to current day. Uh, we're like, we see Fumitan taking the spaceport elevator up. It's like this cool, like, horror, like, you know, it's very wide. It's like going up along the side of Dort. Uh, and it Dort. stops and it heads back down. And like the PA says that no one can leave. The colony is like all on lockdown because of the demonstration. So this is putting a wrench in her plans of just straight up abandoning Kudelia. Tremendous work. Um, Naze, we got this. Like, there's so many fucking cuts in this episode until like we get like the really big stuff happening. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, of, there's attention. a lot of moving parts in these episodes. Yeah, and it's fine. It's easy to follow. I appreciate it. It's not like Gundam Wing, where like the moving parts are happening like on different parts of the globe and just like all sorts of wild shit like that. Like, no, this is happening like in one colony, just you know, back and forth. Yeah, but um. Nase is talking to Mare a bit about all of this and like he notices that something's very very fishy about all this because he sees like oh there's a lot of mobilization going around like this isn't just like the amount of force needed to stop just a simple little like union uprising like this is an entire like military regiment essentially being deployed here so he understands that like shit's probably gonna go down right I don't think it'll be good no and it's not no uh, let's see what happens next. Uh, well, Amida, Azzy, and Laughter are all ready to go. Akihiro is also ready, and he looks like rough for his first like ally of banana, banana connection with banana. the suit that uh, Masahiro died in. It is Masahiro, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Masahiro's his brother. Okay, I was double ge- I was double guessing myself because like you know that's also that's Sakurai's name, and I was like, is that actually his name or is it just yeah. close to that name? And I'm just making a mistake by thinking of Sakurai. <laughs> Amuro Ray, newcomer to Smash Brothers. <laughs> put, put Amuro in Smash. He's a joke. Like Amuro in Smash would be like Dan in uh, in Street Fighter, and then he's yeah. a joke character that sucks. Like, don't give him his Gundam. Just give, just give him the, just like make him just like a normal dude. He can throw Haro, and that's it. Yeah, his neutral B is his neutral B is hold up Haro. His side B is throw Haro. That's all you get. That's all you can do. <laughs> God. Um. So as, um, yeah, and like, this is, we, we don't get the full look of it yet, but we see his new suit, um, and we, we kind of, we also see, uh, Ride is painting Shino's grays, because it was like, you know, Crank's grays Akira is using mm. that he gifted the Shino, because Shino's next up in line, and like, he's painting it pink, and, um, I think it's, um, I think it's Yamagi, 
who is like uh, ta- hey. it's Takaki actually. Takaki, right? Yeah, Takaki's the one with the black. Takaki's the one with like the black underneath the blonde, right? Yes. And Yamagi is the uh, Yamagi is the 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 funky little twink with the all with the blonde twirl. Yes. Um. And yeah, Yamagi. Um. Or God, Takaki says, "Hey, stop fucking tagging it." This is when we learn that Ride is the one who's been tagging the graffiti all over the Isaribi. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. I love this little fucking. He's like Banky Junior. Little Banky. He's he's this is he's my favorite SoundCloud rapper, Lil Banky. Yeah. <laughs> um. He just got signed to Pickle Records. It's Lil Banky. He basically is five years old, um, but we see it being painted pink, and Sheena, like, essentially at Sheena's behest, because Sheena's not gonna, he's not gonna pilot some crusty old, like, drab military green grays. Oh, he's gonna be a little bit more flashy with it. Yeah, a little bit more gay. A little bit more gay. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to the colony, and Fumitan is like, we, she just immediately gets, like, roughed up and grabbed by these fucking noblest goons, who basically say, like, finish a job or else. I just realized, I, I, just realized so. I called her Fulmina in my notes a couple of times on accident, which is just... Fumiton Alchemist. Ful, yeah, f- well, specifically Fulmina as, like, I think that's, like, a Friends at the Table, like, 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 uh, I faction this season, Fulmina. Isn't... Or like, I feel like Fulmina is also a, f- a character in a fighting game? What the fuck? Are you thinking of, are you thinking of perchance, perchance Sungmina? No, I'm not thinking of Sungmina from beloved game Soul Calibur. Although we will have a something about Soul Calibur and Beyond Tomb Raider later. Ooh. Um. Who knows what I'm fucking Fighting talking game about? Car- My mind is now, now. I'm fucking now. I'm fucking like fixated upon it because like I actually like know some fighting game. Ca- is it like an anime fighting game? Is it an old fighting game? Like I want to say it's an anime fighting game. Okay. I I prefacing this by saying this is so are you thinking of type? Are you thinking? Are you, think, are you thinking of type Lumina? I think I'm thinking of Type Lumina. Yeah, Type Lumina is like the um, I believe that's like the Melty Blood like stable, like like the the, va- the, yes. the, the visual or uh yeah yeah the visual novels and stuff that like comprise Melty Blood. Okay, that's it. No, thank you. Wow, that was like, hey, you 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 are the fucking fighting game queen after all. <laughs> I'm the knower. You are the knower. Yeah, F- fucking Melty Blood, the type of game to be played in the cockpit of a Gundam. Yeah. Oh no, Type Lumina is Type Lumina is just one of the one of the Melty Blood games. Okay, what am I thinking? About? Okay, we did it. We did it. Thanks, Sarah. Who the fuck? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I guess there was a there was a VN about that. Okay, I guess I don't know everything. I don't, you know, when the VNs are in the question are in the mix. Yeah, you know, we're all we're always gaining, learning every single day. Yeah. Uh, so we we cut to like the sort of the Gjallarhorn commander character who's on the ship with Ayn and Galio. Uh, he explains essentially the Gjallarhorn plan is to like wait for the demonstration to progress to like the tipping point, and then just kind of do murder on everyone. Yeah, seems pretty bad. Yeah, like if I was, and you know, this is a wild hypothetical. If I was the one in charge of this like sort of infamous peacekeeping force that everyone kind of like has begun losing faith in, I wouldn't go about restoring my reputation by like. In a very obvious way, squashing a like a very reasonable union revolt. On the other hand, I, yeah, the police, the Ameri- the United States American police. Yeah, that's true. Fuck, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> got me there. Like, I mean, I, I'm sorry to just like immediately point to real world shit, but like, like all of, like the summer 2020 protests and the summer 2021 protests. Yeah, they just kind of—it's <laughs> fine. They have the iron grip of power. They—they they, mm, iron gripped orphans. Iron gripped. Orphans. Uh, so <laughs> gorilla, uh, gorilla grip orphans. Gorilla grip orphans. 
<laughs> that's what happens when you do a really cool grab in your Gundam hand. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I got Mr. Rod... I got the Gorilla Grip Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying to think. The... I told you, Peter, you couldn't handle lay them Gundam. <laughs> it's Mikazuki. It's getting in the non-binary Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord. Yeah. So... Uh, we see uh, Savona, whatever his name was, Mister Rogers. He's he's like things like you know, Sovereign is going to save us. Sovereign's I'm sure he's trying to like set up a negotiation, and like surprisingly, he's right. Sovereign is actually trying to like set up a negotiation with Dort right now. But like Dort is essentially in on the whole plan with Gallarhorn, and they just say like "fuck you, leave," and he's like just breaks down on the floor in tears. Yeah, fucking Dort, fucking Gallarhorn. This episode is just full of a holes. Yeah. You, uh, uh, wait, hold on, are you, when, when did this, sorry, I'm just trying to, wasn't that at the very end of the episode when he breaks down crying and stuff? No, no, he, he breaks down, we, we see, he's like inside Dort headquarters and he's talking to like just someone, like he, we see him break down at the end too. Okay, but... okay, I didn't realize it happened twice. No. So yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I just lost my, I lost my place in my notes. Um. No, you're good. Uh. Because, like, immediately afterwards, we get a pretty fucked up scene of, like, one of the Dort businessmen talking to, like, a Gjallarhorn cop saying, no matter what happens, please see to it that none of us in headquarters are harmed. Yes. So, just fucking tremendous stuff right there. Yes. So, this is when Fumitan, like, she heads to the demonstration because, like, she's, like, gotten her new orders to basically, like, get Kudelia, throw her into the fray. The, a Gjallarhorn sniper will, like, take her, or, like, the, I guess the, um, no, the noblest sniper will, like, take her out. Um... And at this point, like, Kudelia is also nearby. So the Union, like, notices her and they're like, oh, shit, Kudelia is actually here. The main of the revolution is here to help us. So they grab her. And at this point, Gjallarhorn notices her, too. So, like, everyone and, and she gets, like, put on the news by a nearby news van. So, like, literally everyone on Dort knows that Kudelia is, like, in the middle of this demonstration right now. Yeah. And this is, like, th- th- this is when, like, shit kind of gets very, very dire. Um. Yeah, they, uh, Mikazuki is, like, getting ready to head out, and he tells Outra to go back, and she's like, no, 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 I, I'll go, I'll be fine, I'll, please hurry to her, and he's like, he puts his hand on her cheek in a really kind moment, and is like, will yes, you, it's so nice. will you really be okay? And she's like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be fine, you go. It's, she got, I am really, really pleased with the lack of love triangle bullshit I am experiencing in this, I was expecting to have to deal with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like like there was definitely was some what? there was definitely some like faint some like hinting at that coming when uh in in episode four or five when they went to Biscuit Grandma Farm. Uh huh. But no, it's just like it's just yeah, it's I don't know where the relationship was going to end up, and maybe I got to eat my words on this one, but. Hmm. You well, you have a pretty big bowl of cereal that you can continue eating throughout the entire remainder of the show. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are not spitting anything out as of yet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, all the unionists are like, "Oh yeah, thank you so much, Kudelia. You you did all this. You you coordinated the weapons thing." She's like, "Um, I uh, I, oh, uh. I didn't." <laughs> and they wanted to give an epic speech, but then the the Gellerhorn did a false flag by making an explosion happen at the at the at Dort HQ. Yeah, this is when shit gets really really rough because everyone's like, "The union is attacking," and of course, this is when like everything begins. Um. Like, they quickly, with their mobile workers, like, each one fires a shot to take out the mobile workers that the Union has. Then they pop smoke. They think it's, like, some sort of, like, gas at first, but they realize, like, oh, it's a smoke screen. And then, like, they just start fucking, like, mowing down the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drill tweet as the smoke clears everyone is dead on the pavement. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. 
Yeah, I mean, Kudelia's fine. Like, she wasn't, like, in the fray of it, but, like, it's rough. And, like, Kudelia looks over, and she sees, like, a dying union member. Uh, and, like, she she picks her up, and, and she says, I'm, as, as like, she's lays dying, uh, she says she's happy to be held in the arms of the Maiden of Revolution. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. And, like, the fucking news crew is, like, filming this. It is, like, it's almost the exact same, well, it's, like, framed in the exact same way, like, the painting from the book is. Mm-hmm. Like, Kudelia is the Maiden of Revolution in this part, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's hard, like, it's like, we're at this part where there's, like, <laughs> I think Nerdus wants to make jokes right now, because it's just, like, a very serious, like, rough moment. Yeah. Um, they, they, they get the, the noblest guys get Kudelia in their sights, and mm-hmm. they're about to pull the trigger, and Fumatan throws herself in front of the bullet. Yeah. Like, so she's, like, like Kudelia's on the ground, and Fumatan's, like, you know, propped up over her, and, like, as she's, like, dripping blood out, she explains that, like, she's, you know, Kudelia's still being targeted she holds out her necklace and says she isn't worthy of it. Mm-hmm. And she like mentions, you know, way back then, like back on Mars in the slums, she like left her behind on purpose. She wanted, you know, she says the same thing that she said last week where, you know, she hated her bright eyes. She hoped that something would cloud those eyes. But like, she saw that Kudelia just constantly refused to like, let her, you know, naivete and hope and everything like be dull. Like she's always going to be this way. Um, and then Fumitan dies. Yep. Oh, it's it's sad. It fucking hurts. It's like the first like major character death, you know? Yeah, it's it's rough. It, like of all people, there aren't that many women either, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Masahiro is a major. Like, I don't know. He he was he he hasn't been around for the entire show like Fumiton has, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it <laughs> doesn't get any easier. Um, the newsman like leaves because. Like, after they film this, because they hear, like, explosions are happening, like, all across the colonies. Like, essentially, Gjallarhorn, using that false flag, has given themselves the excuse to just, like, take out every Union cell they can find. And, like, fighting is going on all over the place. Right. Uh, Mika goes and grabs Kudelia. And, like, you know, he tries... Kudelia refuses to leave Fumitana first. And, like, you know, Mika says a very, very hard-to-hear line of, like, that isn't Fumitan anymore. Like, we have to go. She's right. gone. Again, I must reference my high school. I must go back to my high school and reference <laughs> and reference the classic book, book Catch-22. Man is matter. That's all that he is. Light him on fire, yeah. he will burn. Kudelia, <laughs> you can't. That's just meat. That's meat. That's Fumitan-shaped meat. That's we gotta fu- go. That's not Fumitan anymore. That's meat. <laughs> that ain't Falco. That ain't, Fal- that ain't Fumitan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what is Fumaton Andros? Fumaton <laughs> Just her head and her two hands floating around. Yeah. Firing lasers, shooting geometry at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, good shit. Um, after this, we cut to a Noblis, and he gets a call from none other then McMurder Barristan Selmy. McMurder Barristan Selmy on the horn. These old fuckers are in cahoots now. Yeah. The, the old, the, the, the old men gotta stick together. Yeah, in these trying times, they're ride or die for each other. Yeah, but they're doing a, bro- uh, they're doing a brother check-in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, McMurder explains, you know, Kudelia's not a little flame you can snuff out. If she gets away from this alive, she'll like become a, a conflagration. Yeah. So essentially, they're like, teaming up and keeping tabs on her to make sure that like if they do take her out it'll be at the most opportune time where they both can like you know make big profit from it yeah uh 
And then the next scene is what you mentioned before. Yeah, this see Sovereign, sovereign crying, crying over the Navona. Everything fucking up. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. Um, but the the final sort of um the final scene is like everyone regroups in the hotel and like they're trying to like get ready to go. Kudelia is wearing like Mika's jacket. Uh it's a cool look. I like you know the big puffy military jacket on her. Yeah, she looks fresh. She looks fresh as hell. Uh and she also has blood covering her hands too, but that's neither here nor there. And she remembers the book. We get like the final flashback of the episode. And it's like that same scene from before where she shows Fumitan the real paper book and we see Fumitan like tears well up in her eyes and she cries like mm-hmm. because she sees this maiden of revolution and says the girl in this picture is hope itself. Yeah. That's episode. That's the episode. It's fucking heavy. Rest in peace, yeah. Fumitan. Fidelia cries on the on the bloody necklace. It's sad. Very sad. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just like a trillion metaphors in one. I'm doing a big sad to tell you that Jimbo's no, no Fumitan has... has <laughs> Has hurt his head really badly. <laughs> really badly. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you mentioned earlier in our Discord that like you you understood why Kudeli is holding the necklace in the OP now. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually it might. I don't know if it's Fumitans or hers. I think it's Fumitans because like I think hers is a little bit more purple. The little like flower in it. Uh huh. Um, is like a purple one and a blue one. But I wonder. You know what? I bet they fucking sold that necklace. Like you could buy that shit from P Bandai at one oh, point. Oh, for sure. sure. Uh-huh. I could probably go to Etsy right now and buy it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that'll take us to our next episode where hopefully things are a little bit less sad. Um, episode 17. Kudelia's decision. As the Union sells all throughout the Dort, colonies begin fighting, Galarhorn's Arion Rod fleet sorties to put the revolt down. All of the stolen launches and mobile suits taken by the Union turn out to be sabotaged, so the revolt quickly turns into a slaughter at the hands of Galarhorn. Back on Dort, Orga and Gang try and find a way to leave the colony, and they are soon met by the news crew who want to hear their side of the story. Kudele convinces them to use their launch to fly to the Isaribi as Mikazuki, Shino, and Akihiro sortie and fight Gailio and Ayn. The fight only ends when Arion Rod orders Gailio and Ayn to retreat, and Kudele begins her address to the Earth Sphere. We had to, like, yeah, make show. up for last episode's sadness with just, like, you want to see half the episode of robots fighting? You got it. Yeah, just just really gotta let us take a breather for a bit. You want to see some chunked up metal? Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, the first thing is this incredibly fucking dire news broadcast of, like, Gallarhorn is making taking candle of the situation. Everything is under control. The protesters are still performing terrorist activities. And there's, like, footage of the Union just getting the absolute shit beaten out of them. Uh-huh. It's, uh... And this broadcast, it's, it's, this, this broadcast fires up all the other dorts. Yeah, all the dorts are rising up. Uh, there's a train right on time. Mm-hmm. Um... The we see the union members are like breaking into hangars to like take the fight out into space. Uh, we see a new little robot here. Uh, these guys are quite nice. They're called Spinner Roadie. It's the same like frame as the Man Roadies from the other week. Uh, but these guys have this very nice like teal and yellow color scheme. Uh huh. Um, here I'll see if I can send a, a, a pretty good picture to you. Hell yeah. Um, here we go. It's like a front and back image. I like there's like the same like kind of like stocky more squat frames really cool colors on these guys though i love the teal and yellow is a very cool combination. yeah they're funny little guys they have the the cool like triple triangle mono eye type thing um they're they're you know what they're kind of squirtly with it yeah or like a, I guess more choodle than squirtle yeah that d- definitely a choodle coloration yeah this is a choodle type mobile suit mm-hmm. but you know the union members break in they steal these things um 
the Arian Rod fleet is sortying to take out the dissidents, and the gang are, you know, they're leaving the hotel, they're running around, they're trying to figure out how the fuck to get out of Dort. Right. Um, and we see it out in space. This is, like, the largest battle by far that we've seen so far. Because, like, everything we've seen has pretty much been, like, a couple suits versus, like, two or three other suits. But this is, like, an entire, like, large-scale battle. Like, hundreds of suits on either side. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, yeah, a hundred of suits on either side. Perfectly evenly matched, these suits are. <laughs> yeah. If, if we count the numbers and don't look at equipment functioning or firepower, it is perfectly even. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Uh-huh. Uh, it turns out, like, everything... I don't know how the fuck they planned this. I mean, I guess they had to have, like, really planned everything out in advance, just, like, knowing, like, okay, we know the Union's gonna... We know the Union's gonna go and, and try and break in and steal suits, so we're gonna sabotage all of them. Because, like, none of the guns function. All of the launches they steal that have missile launchers don't work, and, like, it just turns into a total slaughter. Yeah. Um... And, like, Galileo now, just before he was mad that he couldn't go out and fight because of the um, because of the demonstration, now he's mad because of, like, the, you know, what they're doing to the fucking protesters. Because, again, like, it's not a fight. It's just a slaughter. So he's, like, fucking pissed as hell that they're doing this. Uh, he, he says, I understand, like, this is the corruption McGill's is talking about. So he gets why he wants to reform it. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure he did before in some way, shape, or form. But now that he's, like, you know... Now that he's seeing, like, the prize fleet of Galahorn just, like, doing murder, it's like, ah, I am putting things into perspective now. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck, I can see these things. These these man-made, hor- these man-made horrors beyond my comprehension. <laughs> they, they are now within my comprehension. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a difference a day makes. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they, they, like, see the news broadcast again, and they talk about, like, still, like, you know, book it out of here... Go to Earth. Forget all about all this. Natalia says, uh, "Fidelia says, fuck no." Like she, her whole thing is that if she can't stand up and like stop the fighting here, what's the point? Yeah. Like she says, she wants to become. There's just a, there's a there's like a little thing in the in the news broadcast that leads into the scene that I found funny, which is just like the mm. the completely nonchalant way the news broadcasters glaze over the fact that the Aryan Rod fleet was like just so happened to be in orbit, ready like on standby, ready to yeah like, go into like just. You know, these these protests kicked up, and then it just, you know, just so happened the National Guard was having a little parade down the road, and they just, uh, you know, strutted on over. Yeah, th- thankfully our heroic Galloway officers were taking a meal at the local Shake Shack location. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they took a meal at the... God. It's truly just deranged language that I can't stop thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think I actually... Complete fucking non sequitur. I remember... In season two of Roy League, and again, this is going to be our Pokemon quota of the week. Yeah, hitting um, that. We got we got we got to go all out this week because next by by this time next week, neither you nor I will be in, invested in the league because neither of us are doing the postseason. True. Yeah. Um. I remember, like I said, because like Brooks had put a, a Z crystal on Blaziken, mm-hmm. and um, or no, it wasn't Z crystal. It was Blast Burn. Yes, I remember and, Blast Burn. I said, Brooks, if you can win, like, with a Blast Burn, it, like, if you can pop a Blast Burn off and, like, not lose the match, I'll buy you Shake Shack. And I still haven't bought, like, I, and he did it, but he still never told me when he's gone to Shake Shack locations. You not, you need, you need to confront him about when he la- last took me at Shake Shack location. Yeah. <laughs> Answer the question. Mr. O- now, uh, Mr. Oglesby. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah, Dr. Oglesby. So, now, uh, doc- of course, of course, Dr. Oglesby. 
Uh, says he, <laughs> says he, you took uh, you took meal at Shake Shack on uh, on the thirteenth. But uh, the receipt he the receipt he gave me has got the fourteenth on it. So uh, I was just wondering if you'd know about that. Did you, <laughs> you have a hankering two days in a row or something? Or yeah, you you like the concretes? Yeah. You like the s'mores flavor? Yeah. <laughs> God, I haven't been to Shake Shack location fucking years. I've never, I've never been. I um, I heard, I've never, I, I've never shaken my, my shack. It's good. It's pretty overpriced for what it is, because you know, trendy, popular, burgy place. Um, but I, I remember my first date with Katie was at a shake. Well, we went to an art gallery, then we went to Shake Shack. The ultimate Shake Shack memory I will always have is a uh, friend of the pod, co-host of the U, Jordan. Um, when mm-hmm. they were working at Shake Shack and they checked their phone in the middle of their shift to uh, view the post Game of Thrones season eight Game of Thrones live watch of the ep- oh, of the long of the episode the long night and Jordan just like tuning in on their break to to be like hey guys anything fun happened and everyone was like the Night King just died they killed the Night King oh my god I remember that shit now <laughs> I think about god. it all the time good fucking show <laughs> no one will argue. Um. Oh yeah, this is a kind of podcast. Uh, so <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be an episode of IPO while Kuroad if we don't get on a wild tangent. Yeah. Um. So you know, Kudelia wants to become a hope. She's not going to leave. She's going to stay and like figure things out. So they all resolve to help her. Um. The news broadcast like continues, but then like the sort of like there's like a a, a news anchor woman, the cameraman, and then like I guess like the behind the scenes tech guy who's like I guess the one in charge really. Uh, he gets a phone call and like he gets told to stop reporting on this essentially like he says that I, it's like basically Dort telling him to shut the fuck up because it's damaging the image of the colonies as like a place of safety yeah and it's like yeah I feel safe being here with the military police can just like kill people whenever they want um but he looks over and he notices that like Kudelia and all the other boys are like jumping into an alley and they're like hey that is the maiden of revolution let's go after and see what the fucking deal is yeah um it's fine, though, like, because they go up and they ask and they want to interview Kudeli. And, like, Orga tries to run them off acting all tough. And, like, all the other guys are like, yeah, get out of here. They start, you know, rhythmically snapping at them in the alley. Yeah, way. just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doing some real shark shit. Um, but Kudeli is like, you know, she, she wants to go along with it because she sees an opportunity here. Um, she, she would like, what is, what is it? What is it? What is it? Um, yeah, okay, so the news we learned, they have, like, kind of, like, a special comm link that they can go, like, talk directly to ships, so they use that to talk to their own ship, um, basically say, like, hey, get ready, we're gonna fight for some reason. We learned, like, they're topping off the mobile suits, um, Naze says that he can't send anyone because, like, Tewaz is a pretty well-known name, so if they do this, like, you know, that's essentially, like, saying that Tewaz is gonna fight Gallarhorn, which would, like, just completely fucking tank their reputation. Yeah. So... He's just tech it on alone, but he says, all right, good luck or whatever. Like, you st- stupid kids can't stop getting into trouble, I suppose. Yeah, kids be like, kids will, kids will do this shit. Kids, kids <laughs> say the darndest no, things, like, don't you know they? That, you, know that one, you know that, like, one picture of, like, a Facebook live stream that's like, can, you, can y'all watch my kids while I go smoke? Yes! <laughs> they did that. He did that. It's, it's a live stream of the fucking Hammerhead, like, nursery. Yes! Can y'all watch the kids while I fight Gallarhorn? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, we do get a cute scene, like Dante. We see Dante getting into the Barbatos because he wants to fly it out and deliver it to Mika, and he plugs in, and you can you know, just like, don't Mika took the limiters off, and like we see Dante like with like 
like his eyes are like there's like yeah. tears dripping down his eyes he, and like he, he has a nosebleed. He, he, says, he just looks he, completely fucked up. He says, "I've done the simulations. It's just a delivery." And then he takes a big bite of cereal and hooks him to Barbados. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, it's another. I, I think um maybe Takahi or Ride who's like, "Wow, shit! He fights with the limiter off all the time. That's pretty badass. Wow, cool robot. Yeah, wow, cool robot." <laughs> um, so the game get in a launch, except for Mika, who's like flying off alone. I love. We see this in Gundam a lot, where, like, characters will have these sort of, like, vernier, like, jetpack thruster things. Yeah. But, like, it's a fucking handheld device in this. It looks like Mika's holding the fucking, like, dead space crossbow long Yes. <laughs> and he's, like, Pokemon flying in his back. Pokemon reference check, dead space reference check. Any, uh-huh. any other boxes we gotta clear? Uh, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get there. Have we, have we, talk, we, have we hit- talked about any character smoking a fat weed yet? Um... I'm sure we can find a way to roll at it. Oh, yes. No, yeah, no. We do see noble, Noblest hitting a fucking cigar. That's yes, probably, I'm just going to say right now, it, it's a big doink. He's smoking that shit. He's smoking that shit in Amish. <laughs> He's smoking the shit that made Mars red. Smoking the... Um, <laughs> uh, so... He, like, kind of... As he's flying off alone, he's, like, thinks, he's, like, Kudeli's amazing. But he says he can't help feeling frustrated, and we don't really, like, get that expounded on, because at this point, Yukinojo shows up flying that sort of, like, the Barbatos, like, cage, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Mika gets in and, like, immediately starts just, like, wrecking ass to the point where Ayn notices, and Ayn is like, well, I didn't want to be this way, but I will go out and fight, because, you know, he wants to fucking squash Mika like a bug. Yeah. And as we know, Ayn wants to punish guilty children. <laughs> So fucking funny. Ayn is such a funny character. He's like... Like, he's like he's, he's a, like this because everyone was racist to him, and now he wants to kill guilty children. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is what racism does. Yeah, this is... <laughs> hashtag stop racism, save the ch- save children, stop racism. Yeah, you you know that one photo of the guy who, like, added, like, the million, like, gold light filters and, like, bloom effects holding, like, the loose leaf that just says stop racism on it? That's Ayn. Yeah. <laughs> um... So they sortie, um, and, like, M- Mika is, like, kind of clearing the way for Orga and Gang to to launch in the launch. Uh, and then Gileo and Ayn appear, and we finally get a good look at the Kimaris. Yep. This thing's cool. And I like the purple. They cut to McGillis, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that is McGillis's voice, huh? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, once you, re- now you realize it's, it's a Montag. Mon- it's Heidi, Heidi Montag. Wait, is his name, is the um, name he's going by Montag? Is it, I thought that was just his company. Both. Oh, he's the CEO of Montag Co. And he is Montag. Yeah, M- Montag is the CEO of Montag. Gotcha. It's, uh, I guess it just, you know, it makes it easy for tax purposes. That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he, he's watching the fight. Um, He's like, it's ironic how the suits that were once the shining jewel of the Gallarhorn fleet are now fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, because again, all of the Gundams used to belong to the Gallarhorn. All 72. Like, they made the Gundams 300 years ago. Yeah, they, you know, they... <laughs> Well, well, I guess we'll find out this season if the Master's tools can destroy the Master's systems. Whoa, it's by a bite the hand that feeds, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, Ayn, like, charges at the launch and once he realizes that, like, Meek is protecting them. But the East Ruby flies up, and it's Chad piloting it. Yay! Yay thanks, Chad, Chad. gets to do something. Thanks, Chad, <laughs> Chad Chad-o. count one. <laughs> thanks, Chad Chadden. Chad Chadden. Uh they all they all get in the bridge and like even the news crew is there too and they're all awkwardly like uh are we good to stay here and Cudelia's like yes i just gotta freshen up and we can get right to work uh she has to make preparations and she just says it vaguely um and meanwhile we get to see shino's new suit his uh his the same, 
His Ryusego, this thing fucking rules. Um, as she was about to, as Shina's about to take off, he gets a little message from Yamagi, and Shina's like, "Yeah, you're not gonna have to make any ice flowers for me yet," and like blasts out there. It's nice. It's cute. Yeah. Um, I like the Ryusego. Shino's whole thing is like pink suits that have eye spots on the head. Uh huh. It it makes it look like a fucking Mega Man X boss a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, I guess more of a rules. Mega Man Zero boss. Um, I love it though. It's nice and pink. It's just very cool. It's very, you know, very flashy on Station. It's very Shino. Yes. Um, Ayn sees it, and he just gets so fucking mad. He's like, how dare you paint Crank's Green such a vulgar color? How dare you stand uh, where he stood? <laughs> uh, and, and meanwhile, you know, Mika's fighting um, Gaileo. He takes, like, a shot from the lance. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is, like, every pretty much every Gundam has, like, their like a signature weapon. Obviously, the Barbatos is the mace. Um, the Kamaris is like that cool lance it has. Yeah. Um, he like takes it, the shot of it, like like kind of in the side strategically, to, like plant him and like grab him and like bonk him. And he realizes, um, based on the voice, he's like, "Oh, you're Chocolate Guy's friend." And he's like, "My name is Galio." And he's like, "Golly, golly." Yeah, he's so he's, he's golly, does, golly he does, now. He does Rika. He does Rika Higurashi voice, and he says, "Golly, golly, buru buru, nya nya, nya nya, nya nya." <laughs> Uh, and like we, we he like you know Galileo lets go and like flings Mika loose. Uh, he like bounces up against a a, a launch and is kind of like pinned down. We cut back to Noblis. I think this is when he's smoking his, his big doink, yes. doink. Yes, uh, he's thinking about like Kudeli isn't so. I, I think he he's like thinking to himself uh, how like Kudeli isn't valuable or isn't like as valuable as he thought. She's and she's clear she's she's clearly mid and he's mad that uh uh, uh, uh McMurdo McMurdo Barris and Selmy couldn't tell that. He consider yeah, he considers she, mid she's loud. Like, <laughs> Look, Sayer, you know they can't grow that good shit on Mars. <laughs> the atmosphere won't allow oh it. Oh my god, can you imagine <laughs> Imagine exposing a Mar- imagine exposing a denizen of Mars to to, to who's like smoking that dirt sixty shit to the to the to the dispensary future shit they have on Earth. <laughs> Yeah, f- flying the Tekadon base in Mars to give Ride a hit of White Yoda. <laughs> Here you go, kids. This shit'll turn you into a new type. <laughs> just like it's one of my favorite things to show people. If you just Google White Yoda, half of it is a pictures of Yoda photoshopped to be white, and half of it is a strain of weed called White Yoda. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, let me just look at images of White Yoda. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> aka White Yoda, aka Auto White Yoda. Auto White Yoda. <laughs> oh god. Um. So, but like Kudelia, uh, she calls Noblis. Yes. And like that's all. We just like cut immediately back. Uh-huh. We know she's like talking to him about something. Um. Ayn throws himself in front of a shot uh, from Mikazuki to save Baldwin, and uh, but yeah. and then they use this opportunity to, to abscond while the entire Aryan Rod fleet is here, and it's just it's the three pilots stanced up on top of the ho- on top of yes. the Cerebi, and then um, uh, they're stands up on the Cerebi, and then they get like you know a, a call from the they get they, they they hear a broadcast going out message to the yeah. world to the world yes um and. In, in this fighting, we do see, like, the f- sort of full reveal of, of um, Akihiro's Gusion rebake. It's, like, brown, and it's cool. It has guns. It's, like, chunky. It, again, looks like a Mega Man, like, Zero boss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's as cool looking as Frog Mode, but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, nothing's ever going to be as cool looking as Frog Mode. Ex- yeah, yeah, come on. It's, like, what we've lost. 
Um, but yeah, like the episode kind of ends like as this like transmission from Kudelia begins, and she says like she's gonna give the truth of Dora and his people. Um, yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, it's like kind of like a cliffhanger ending that like flows to the next one immediately. The next episode, episode eighteen. Voice. Cordelia gives her big speech on the live news broadcast, telling the truth of what Gallohorn did to Dort. She invites Dort, she invites Gallohorn to shoot down the Isuribi, but Gallohorn backs off and lets them through after receiving an order from the regulatory bureau, whose director we meet today in this episode. McGillis, acting as Montag, representative for the Montag Company, offers to help Tekadon in exchange for a piece of the pie that Tewaz and Nobles will split up after Cordelia's rebellion is successful. Cordelia mourns Fumatan, but reaffirms her commitment to the rebellion to realize her dream and fulfill Fumatan's dying wish. You know, I really, I really liked the show when it first came out. But then, like you know, they just started changing up the hosts all the time, and I really, you know, you really just can't beat Adam, Blake, and Christina. What? <laughs> you, you ever, you ever saw <laughs> NBC is the voice? Oh, okay, okay. I yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, I've seen, I've seen, I'm, I'm familiar with the voice. Featuring 2017 Sexiest Man Alive, Blake Shelton. God, was it really that recently that that happened? I, I, it might have been 2019. No, no fucking way that was 2019. No fucking way. Let's see. Paul, wait, Paul Rudd's 2021 Sexiest Man Alive. 2017. Um, Blake Shelton in 2017, Adam Levine in 2013. Okay. I mean, eh, sure. It just seems like more of like the most famous person yeah, Blake Shelton, not that se- not not that sexy. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a lesbian, so like my opinion definitely matters less. But uh huh. Oh shit! Yeah, hold on. I just I just did a very important at from the Gunpla channel in the Discord. Okay, let's see what we got here. RZ zero four one Liger zero. Oh, oh yeah. You want to get Tiggy? You want to get that Zoids shit? I, you know, I'm all about this Zoid. What is this from? Is this from Zoid? Oh, it is from Zoids. This is from yeah, it's from Zoids. How much do you cost? You cost... I can get 2% off. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. Zoid's kits cost so fucking much, and I don't know why. $62.99. Yeah, that's a lot of money for Oh, sorry, no, it's 2% off. It's only $61.99. I don't know why. Yeah, USA Gundam sort of does it all the time, where, like, everything will be discounted by, like, 2, 3, or 4%. So it's like, I'm getting a discount, but it's also, like, barely a discount. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. This is fucked up. Sarah... What? How come George Clooney won Sexiest Man Alive in both 1997 and 2006? What was he in in 2006? 1997. Oceans, 1997 right? Listen, my parents have been watching a lot of ER lately. 1997, George Clooney, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been from Oceans, right? No, t- Oceans was like 2000. Shit, really? what the fuck was George Clooney in in 2006? Oceans 11 was t- I think Oceans Richard Gere also won yeah. it twice. Yeah. Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford won it in 1993, and then Richard Gere won it in 99, too. Mm-hmm. Well, good for him. Good for him. Wow, Mark Harmon won it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Sarah, JFK Jr. was 1988 Sexiest Man Alive. Oh, so... <laughs> I have to click away from this website. I'm going insane. <laughs> <laughs> good lord. Okay, so, so Q was rallying around a real panty dropper then, huh? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Naze Turbines is voided uh, post-disaster year 300, Sexiest Man Alive. Congratulations. God, what a fucking disaster that would be. <laughs> Baldwin, com- Baldwin completely Katie just, forgotten. Katie just texted me, Sexiest Man Alive and Gundam with a ton of question marks. 
can only imagine the sheer horror of like hearing part of a podcast from a different room. The sexiest man alive, Gundam. It's the sexiest Gundam alive. Now that's could be that could be a real award show type evening. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this episode is happening. Um. Kudele's whole message uh, changed the world by final message. Yeah, she speaks about Gallarhorn, like they're the aggressor. Um, we we learned that it, this is essentially like the African Union's request mm-hmm. to broadcast this. Yeah, she's got the backing um, so of the entire like, economic block. Yeah, big strings being pulled here. Um, and like basically, Kudelia forces Gallarhorn's hand by saying, you know, if you're not this peacekeeping organization, if you're actually like you know bad and evil, like then go kill us. Why not? Fucking do it. Make it hurt. Kill us in one shot, coward. Um, but they won't. And they don't. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, able to safely, like, sail through this entire gigantic fleet based only on, like, Kudelia's words alone. Just a very powerful moment, I must say. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's, it's She says, if you disagree, then shoot down my fucking ship. And all the m- mobile suit pilots freak out. <laughs> yeah, they're like, um, I don't know if we can fight this. But... They're fine. The captain, the captain and of like, Gallarhorn almost gives them an order to shoot down these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, no, he's you're like on, you're on mad, shield these boo boo bears within the earth. Alexa, kill these clowns. <laughs> um, Orga like congratulates her for you know she wins in the end, but like at this point she's like, now I don't even know what I'm really fighting for. Yeah, and I'm just like, peace. I think right, like like Kudelia. I I like where this episode ends up eventually, but Kudelia losing her way like feels like like like. I don't know. Maybe she's. Maybe there's like a guilt for only focusing so small on just the liberation of the people of Earth. But like, I don't understand why this is such like a why she has to like struggle with the idea of folding this into like a grander ideology. Like you know. Yeah, it it seems like part of like the biggest problem she has at this point in the show is that she essentially like she she's only looking at the bigger picture and doesn't see like these smaller victories as like as worthwhile. Yeah. Because, you know, if she hadn't done this, like, the entire ship would have just been fucking killed easy peasy. Yeah, 100%. So it's like, pat yourself on the back for saving all these kids' lives, you know? Like, you did something meaningful here. Yeah. Good for you. Um, um, but- it, uh, Toto, Toto, Mr. Charlie Chaplin, is hanging out with definitely not McGillis. Uh, yeah, the- he has a cool fucking, like, Argyle sweater vest. Yeah, he's, um, he's like, oh my god, these fucking Lucker dogs. <laughs> He hates his fucking kids so much. Still, luck her, luck her dog. All that's all they are. Just <laughs> they're they're nothing without the RNG. Yeah, <laughs> they got three crits in a row. Just, they just John. They, they just got John's bird procs every time they game. hit scald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, we learned that like the regulatory bureau, bureau is what stopped Gallarhorn from doing anything too. Um, which is good. Which is what uh, McGillis is part of. So hmm, <laughs> curious there. Um. But yeah, you know, Gjallhorn doesn't want its reputation even further damaged, which is why they didn't do any more fighting. And we cut to Isaribi, and Naze is like explaining, it's like, well, we're going to have a lot more of a fucker getting to Earth because Gjallhorn is on your asses. They know where you are. They're going to be coming after you. So we can't just like go to a space station and like rent a re-entry ship. Like <laughs> that will not work anymore. Um, so they'd have to like kind of like figure out what to do when uh, Montag uh skypes them and is like i have a business proposal mm-hmm. um and no, then we cut to gileo and ein in the loading dock yes. on gallarhorn and ein starts to apologize for not doing enough about her he's like bro you saved my life shut the fuck up yeah um, I, like, ein wants the alaya banana surgery to beat them but baldwin's like bro do not that you will no longer be human and ein's like no one sees me as human anyways because of the 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 the, the mars 
Mars, Mars, people that live on Mars are racist against people that live on Earth, and people that live on Earth are racist against people that live on Mars. And because his dad was from Earth and his mom was from Mars, or vice versa, everybody hate him. Everyone just hates his fucking guts so they, much. <laughs> he's got mixed boy swag. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. Um, and yeah, like. And he also explains, like, this is, like, why he loves Crank so much. Because Crank is, like, the only person in Gallarhorn who, like, treated him like he was a human. So, like, that's why, you know, he's going out of his way so hard to, like, f- fucking take his these kids down and punish guilty children. Yeah. Take not these kids I, down. I bet these kids would be racist towards me, too. Yeah. Um, we, in the meantime, Montag is, like, talking to Naze and Kudeli and Orga. Uh, and he offers to essentially advocate for Kudelia because, like, you know, we learned Montauk is like a, a decently big company that has like a good amount of economic pull here. Um, so you can like back them up. And he explains that like McMurder and Noblis, um, if if the independence works out or I, I, I don't forget exactly what he's explaining here. But he basically says that like the reason why McMurder and Noblis are working together now is because they get the rights to all the half metals on Mars um, when Kudelia succeeds. So that's why he wants in. So essentially it's like. It's kind of a win-win. Okay, I'm, I'm talking through this, like, partly for my sake as well, forming this idea as I talk. Sure, hit and that people shit. in the Discord, I'm sure, will tell me if I'm right or wrong. But, like, if Kudelia loses, then they go back to the status quo, right? They don't, like, you know, it, it's fine as it is because McMurder and Noblis are still making a ton of money. If Kudelia succeeds, though, and gains freedom, since Noblis is in charge of Crise he will get essentially the rights to all like the mines in Crease and he gets all the half metal and half metal is what they use to build noble suits. And just like, it's just, you know, it's precious metals. So it's shit he can sell. So it's like either way, it's a yeah, win-win it's for a, him. It's a, and it's a, it's a classic says, no win. It's a classic no lose scenario with a twist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Montauk's like, I went in on that. So, you know, he, he wants a piece uh, of the pie if Kudeli can jump, win. Jumping back briefly, um, I just yes. want to say that uh, there, before we get out of the, the Ein Baldwin scene, um, uh-huh. Galio says something that's like, uh, we have to beat, we have to be the ones that beat Tekadon, and it's just like, Galio is such a fucking Hiram Lodge ass motherfucker. Like, are you? He really <laughs> like, is. Oh, this, 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 <laughs> this Itsuka fellow has been a real thorn in my side, and it's like, boss, are you talking about a teenager? Yeah, honestly, uh, he fucking the hates high his kids' guts so bad. <laughs> he, like, not even that. He's talking about like a fucking like orphan. Like, he hates his fucking kids' guts, and this kid is just like a fifteen-year-old who just like he's just he's your honor. He's simply baby. Yeah. Now he's baby who kills, but he's baby nevertheless. He's, yeah. Um. So Orga is um. We, we we get like a quick cutaway of Orga later talking to Biscuit, and like he's fucking mad. Because, you know, all the adults, like, McMurder and Nobles are making all these deals, like, behind Tekadon's back and kind of, like, based on what Tekadon does. And, like, he, you know, he rightfully feels like he's being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just like, you know, we got to kick it up. We got to really, like, you know, I guess be our best selves. I don't know what he says to Biscuit. But, you know, regardless, he's, like, mad that they're being puppeteered almost. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't, like, the doesn't like his strings being pulled. Yeah. Local, local puppeteer hates having strings pulled. <laughs> More at 11. <laughs> um, we, we cut to the hangar and like Yuki Nojo is taking inventory with the other boys and like they're getting a bunch of new gifts from Montauk. They're getting spare parts for their mobile suits. They're getting like, you know, uh, mobile workers and guns and everything. And Mika is like walking around the hallway and like Montauk is, you know, touring the ship with everyone else. And Mika immediately is like, oh, it's the chocolate, chocolate man. man? <laughs> Yo, chocolate, chocolate man, man, what like, are you doing here? 
hey long time no see um and he's like yeah that's me <laughs> it's like it's just really funny that no one fucking recognizes but like he kind of like flicks open the eye holes on his mask and we can see his you know his piercing blue eyes and his blonde eyebrows yes. the man um, the man that we all showed the man that we all love yeah and you know he explains that like you know he's the money thing is a bonus like the main thing is that he wants to work with Tekadon to help reform Gjallarhorn from the inside out because that famously always works well. Um, he says he wants to take over and like with Tekadon's help, you know, he might be able to do that. And he also says, if you tell anyone about this, the deal's off. So keep it quiet. Yeah. You know, no one can know that a Gjallarhorn high up is doing stuff to try and take over Gjallarhorn. What a concept. Right, exactly. He, 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 he... <laughs> He doesn't want anyone to be sent a letter that says, I know I am, I know you are, a ch- I know, I think, I know he is a char. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely. He goes free, he is a char. <laughs> he is a char. <laughs> I, I've, I'm always saying this. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, 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 Atra sits down for dinner with Meribit and invites Kudelia to join them, yes. but Kudelia is fucking off in her own world. And Meribit's like, no, you should go take a nappy. And Kudelia says, no, I don't think I will. I'm not running away from my emotions or anything. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Um, Peace. And she just walks out. Atra's like, you know, when she was doing her speech earlier, her legs were, her legs were shaking or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she's she's still, you know, she's brave, but she's still fucking terrified about it. Yeah. Naturally. Uh, we cut to the leader of the 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 in what is it? Investigate? Not investigative. The the Outer Earth Regulatory Joint Fleet. Yes. Thank you. And we meet uh, an epic silver-haired woman who has a legion of Dimitri Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, at her disposal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wild first impression, huh? Yeah. She just, like, does a bunch of posing and stuff. She just has a bunch of yes-men surrounding her. And Gailio wanted to join them, but she said no because he th- she thinks he'll want to- he wants to steal the credit. And she's right. <laughs> she's right. Um, and, and she's like, you know, that loser seven-star wants to be part of this. Um She's fun. We don't even know her name yet. We don't know what her deal is, but she's fun. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um. And and we we cut to Earth, the, and this is like we see some like pink haired older woman. I forget. I, I think she's just like one of like the economic block like representatives or senator type situation. Yeah, she's like asking after um, a man named Makanai. Makanai. So we know Makanai is the leader of the African Union. Yes. And he's like um, chilling at like the island resort, uh, <laughs> like interconnected houses African on hutches. He he's the leader of um Arbrow. Yeah. Uh maybe Arbrow is the African Union. I don't remember. No, he's not, no, because they're the fucking like Russian Canadian one. Anyway, but yeah, he he's like in the Oceanian Union right now. He's just fucking getting drunk on like on a fucking it's like Pacific Log Town from Ruby and Sapphire. It's like, you know, one of those like villages on stilts. Yes, yes, like, yes. In in water. Very relaxing shit. Yeah. Um But we also see, you know, after she like finishes her interview, you're just giving like very vague, plain interview type answers. She gets in a car with none other than Isnario Farid, who is like one of the sort of string pullers in this situation. Yep. Um, and, you know, he he tells her he's like keeping an eye on Kudelia. Um, he, since Machina is the one who called her to Earth, so it's like you know Gjallarhorn clearly has a stake in all of this too. Uh, he he mentions something about like people not caring about the truth. I guess referring to Kudelia's address towards the whole world about like what really happened in Dort. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, he's always just like mad and in a huff about fucking everything whenever we see him. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then we see like we mentioned, Mach and I getting fucked up like on the beach. Um, he's yeah. He's, he's just he, waiting for Kudelia to make it here. He's knocking back white claw after white claw. Yeah, he's drinking. You know, he's like 
He's drinking his, he he's drinking his champagne. He's like, he's talking, he's talking about how lucky he's been. And he's like, to me, Cordelia is not the maiden of the revolution, but she is my lady luck. Luck. He says, luck uh-huh. be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady. Oh boy. Oh boy. Luck be a lady tonight. You know, it's, I don't, I don't remember. I don't think Machinai is ever really a creep towards Cordelia. I think this might see might just be like a bad first impression because I honestly don't remember Machinai ever being like. No, yeah, weird, I don't. Like, I don't think he's being. I don't think man. he's being a creep. I'm just having a. I'm just having a goof. I'm just having uh-huh. a goofer. Yeah, Machinai's just drunk right now. He's just saying yeah. shit. And then we cut from that to uh, Amida pouring Naze uh, a tumbler of whiskey around a big ice ball. Yeah, I like the ice ball. It's nice. Yeah. Um, they were just talking about the Montag company, and uh, uh, Naze is just like bemoaning the fact that the kids keep getting messed up in annoying things. Yeah, kids say the darndest things. Yeah. Uh, we we cut to the Hammerhead Hangar where Shino and Akihira are like doing their training against each other. Um, and we see Azzy and Lofter are like watching them. And like Lofter is, she's kind of like bummed about Akihiro, how he like cares about everyone, or, like he only cares about everyone else around him. Like, I don't remember if she's like kind of referring to like, and not her or, and not himself. Yeah. But. We definitely get the feeling that, like, she kind of has a thing for Akihiro by now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, he, he's 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 large, she's muscled. Listen, there, there, the there's... <laughs> Shino and Akihiro have, like, just a scene of, like, you know, emotional... Not, like, tenderness, but, like, maybe tenderness. Where they're both he, just, like... tender to them. Just, like, sh- just, like, shirtless, ripped dudes sweating and just, like, hanging out within inches of each other being, like, you know, this is all about the... You know, I gotta, I gotta be protecting others. I gotta save others. You know, I can't be, I can't send people out to die. If I go out first, I can protect others. Yeah, r- real Top Gun type shit. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Shino kind of yeah, like like the whole thing about protecting others. Shino talks about is like in relation to his orders on Brooks' ship the other episode of like getting all of his soldiers killed. And essentially, he's like, if I can fight on the front lines in a mobile suit, like he's not going to be directly in charge of people living or dying in that way. Yes. Like he can essentially save people by his own strength alone. And like, that's more preferable to him than like just ordering someone to go to their death, uh-huh. which makes sense. Sure. We cut back to Cadelia. She's like alone on the ship. Uh, she's like kind of on the bridge with like, you know, the big window where every important scene happens. <laughs> um, Autry goes to bring her a snack because she hasn't really been eating. And she's like, you know, she f- expresses sadness about all of Atra's wounds that she got for her sake. But Atra's like, nah, I'm yeah. You can rely on you can rely on me. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's a it's a gay little scene. It's a gay little scene. Like neither of them think that they're essentially like strong enough to keep up with each other. Uh, which I love that. It's like, a bit of a parallel. It's a bit of a parallel of Mikazaki and Orga. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, and like Mika, Mika comes in as they're saying this, and he, you know he brings the, the snack that Atra forgot to bring. And he's telling Cudelia like she's so strong, like she she just something Orca can't do. She stopped Gallarhorn using only her voice, like no one else can do that. Uh, and Cudelia, I, I forget what Cudelia talks about to prompt Otter saying, "I want to do revolution too." Yeah, she does the fucking she does the fucking uh, over the garden wall. I want to steal. Yeah, Otter <laughs> loves Mikazuki. Otter loves. Atra loves. Take it on. Otter loves Atra revolution. Loves revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Atra loves stealth potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> potato helmet. Potato helmet. She does love potato helmet. She does. And so do we. Um, and like, you know, they, they both, and, and, and Meek is like, I do. He doesn't say I like in as many words that he wants to do revolution, but you know, he wants to help Kudelia achieve her goal. Yeah. So they both like swear to help her in every way that they can. 
Uh, and like Cordelia starts to tear up and cry a little bit. And Otter's like, Mika, you have to make her feel better right when now. When a girl is crying, so, a boy yeah, should he, console her. And then he like, then he goes to hug her, but brings Otter in for the hug too, and just lets them cry on his chest while he holds them both together. Uh-huh. It's so sweet. Like, like, like you mentioned, it's not like a scene where like the big strong man has to like hold the the, the crying women. No, it's just like he is. He understands like they they both need to just be held and cry. Like we, sometimes everyone fucking needs that. Yeah, we all have those fucking days. It's just a really nice scene to like, you know, just like this nice cathartic moment. Group hug. Yeah. Uh and the and the last bit is um, you know, the music starts playing at the end they of the show, episode. They show they show us they show they show us Fumatan's funny little bowl of treats that she that yeah. she's trying to get together oh. for that that she's trying to get that was she she was trying to get together for um uh Takaki. Yeah, the Fumitan Admos Memorial Snack Bowl. The Fumitan Admos Memorial Snack Bowl. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, the, oh. she, Cordelia just walks into the Tekadon meeting with Naze and is like, "We got no other way. We got to work with these guys. We're gonna go and we're gonna fuck around with 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 Montag." And then Naze like, "Huh? In for a penny, in for a pound, huh? Only way out is through." Okay, bye. See you next week. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, "All right, let's fucking do it." Yeah, let's fucking go. Next episode. Next. Um, oh, next. Next episode has got that uh, that that famous episode twenty one that I can't wait to yeah. experience. <laughs> 21 episodes you will know yeah Ugh. it'll be good I'm sure, it'll be a fun I'm time. sure it will be uh, Max, uh in Max, the meantime Max, yeah though, would you like to take us to beyond toon world let's do it you're going to love this trust me beyond toon so as is what makes the most sense fumitan is no longer in the show so i'm going to talk about fumitan's english voice actor julie ann taylor okay uh Born she, and she's she has a good amount of roles under her belt. Uh, she's born January 29th, nineteen sixty six, in Fort Irwin, California. That was a day and three years before my mother. Um, so uh, first role was I think according to BehindTheVoiceActors.com, uh, she was in Pat Labor the movie nineteen ninety five as Noah Izumi. Um, in nineteen ninety five as well, she dubbed Sailor Moon as Haruna Sakurada, who I think is one of Usagi's like regular non-superhero friends uh-huh. i don't quite remember um uh, jump ahead to 2003 in xenosaga she was miyuki itsumi in 2003 in the dot hack games and like all of the dot hack stuff for the future she was uh rachel this one is nice uh 2004's ghost in the shell standalone complex she voiced the tachikomas like the fun little refrigerator spider looking robots that wheel around yeah we love the little tachikomas um in the 2004 English dub of Gundam F91, which, then, as the name implies, came out in 1991, but, you know, this is the dub that came later. She is um, Monica Arno, who is, I think, the mother of the main character. Uh, 2006 Bleach, she voiced Lirin, Rin Subakura, Nozomi Kujo, and several other characters. I think this is one of those where she just did, like, a, a bunch, bunch of, of bit minor parts, characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2006 Fate Stay Night and all the future Fate stuff, she voiced... Taiga Fujimura and Mordred. Let me Google this. Taiga Fujimura shows up like all the fucking time in in like all like the future fate stuff. So she's like still getting work. Oh her. Oh she knows yeah. she knows mom. Oh no, yeah, she was teacher. Mom? Mom. Teacher? Mom? I don't remember. Question? Yeah. I'm shocking. Uh 2008's Code Geass. She's Millie Ashford. Hitting the Millie a- hitting the, the meanest Millie Ashford. <laughs> hitting the Millie Ashford rock. Yeah. Uh 2008's Lucky Star. She was Yui Narumi. Uh hey, 2008's Tangan Tapaguran Logon. She voiced Buta, the little mole. Okay. 
Um, and she voiced late Jokin, who is like the like the long brown hair um, ship mechanic with like the cigarette always like popping out of her mouth. Okay. Um, as mentioned, I, I did say there's a Soul Calibur in here. 2008, starting in Soul Calibur 4 and all the future Soul Calibers with her, uh, Hildegard von Krone. Okay, let me look Krone? who this is. Von Krone. Oh, okay. Hello. Yeah, I don't Epic think Woman. I played... Epic Woman, yeah. I like her fucking... I love her standard. Yeah, every... Pole arms are sick as fuck. They are. They're the coolest weapons. You pop a standard on that bad boy, oh... Oh, can't be beat. Delicious. Um, delicioso. In speaking of delicious, in Persona Four, two thousand eight, uh, she voiced Ai Ebihara. Is that the fucking? Is that Which the? One? Is that the girl who like skips school and sucks, and you can only have like? Is she like the Moon Confidant? She yes, she was the Moon. Yeah. Okay. I remember. Her, I remember not doing too much with her thing because she sucked. No. Yeah. Well, she was like. Yeah. Her rank was like one of the fucking hardest ones to 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 pop up. Yeah. Um. Starting in 2009 and in all future Blaze Blue games, uh, Blaze Blue Calamity Trigger, 2009 specifically, she voiced Coco Noe and Subaki Yayoi. So like she she's Subaki in like every future Blaze Blue game that that Subaki shows up in, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 2010's Near, she voiced Emil. I love that little. I love that funky little dude. Funky little guy. He gets he turns into a funny head, and he's good. We love Emil. Uh. She voiced Mew 12 in 2010's Blaze Blue Continuum Shift, as well as Subaki. Um, in 2013's Fire Emblem Awakening, she voiced both Severa and Cordelia. I think Severa must have been Cordelia's daughter then. I think. It's been a long fucking time since I played Awakening. Yeah. Um, in 2014, Danganronpa 2, she voiced Ibuki Miyota. I love her. We love Ibuki. Fucking rock on. Rock on, queen. Uh, 2015's Madoka Magica Rebellion, she voiced Junko Kaname. Oh, Madoka's sister, yeah. I think. Uh, sister? I, I don't know, Madoka's, Madoka's last name is Kaname. Yeah, 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 um, she is, she, she's her mother. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, in 2016's Fire Emblem Fates, she voiced Flora, who's one of the maids, funny enough, another maid role, um, and Selena and Kale Dory, who are like, well, Kale Dory is like an alternate reality version of Cordelia, and Selena is a literally Severa who like jumped through time in that game. Face was fucking weird. Yeah. Um. In 2016's Hunter Hunter, she voiced Kara, who was like like I think she's like the tournament announcer girl. Okay. Hell yeah. Um. Obviously, 2016's English dub of Gundam Iron Blooded Orphan, she was Fumitan, but she was also Baby Orga. <gasps> baby Orga. She was a little Baby Orga. Little Baby. Oh my goodness. And we see him in the credits every week. Um. Also in 2016, the English dub of One Punch Man, she voiced the split-chinned kid who, the name you might not recognize, but he's the kid who has, like, the entire fucking donk for a chin. <laughs> Remember that guy? Did you ever watch One Punch Man? I I barely did, no. Okay, we'll just imagine a kid with, like, the most ostentatious comedy butt chin imaginable. Gotcha, I'm imagining it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, 2017's Near Automata, she voiced Emil, because he shows up in that game as well. Uh-huh. Um... 2017's English dub of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders, she is everyone's favorite mother, Holly Cujo. We love her. We love her. I wish she actually could fight with her cool rose thorn stand. Yeah, it would be epic, but unfortunately, it would be unfortunately the misogyny of, of a one Araki Hirohiko, of a one Hirohiko Araki. Mm. Bastard of our lives. Yeah. Um, in 2017's Danganronpa 3, she voiced Ibuki, obviously, and also Tenko Chabashira. Okay. 
Which one is Tenko? I have no idea. I've not played three. She oh, she was the girl with like like the the weird like DNA strand uh, twin tails and the yellow like ribbon in her hair. Okay, it was like the Ford like pointed ninja star. I have not played Dragon Run Pen Three, but I, I trust your judgment okay. on that, that that they're cool. Yeah. Um, and the last notable role you might uh know this one, Sarah. It's from a little anime called ReZero Starting Life in Another okay. World. Okay. I love, I love, I think every single English voice actor has been in ReZero. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. But go on. Um, she voiced, I, I think, Tivy Probaton? Tivy! Tivy! Tivy. Tivy Probaton. It's T I V E Y, but um, it, it's, it's just a little weird. Like, yeah, it's Tivy. Tivy Probaton. He's a Tivy. little cat with a model. I need to show you this character. He's so fucking good. Tivy Probaton. Oh, I love He's this little monocle. guy. He's got a this guy fucking rules. He reminds me. Did you ever play Nino Kuni too? I did not. Um, he looks a lot like the main character Nino Kuni too, who is Evan Pettiwhisker Tildrum. I'm gonna copy this image because he's an- another delightful little boy. He doesn't have a monocle, but I, he looks just on a glance to have the same energy as um as Tibby. Oh yeah, yeah, very very same energy. <laughs> oh, and, and she also voiced in ReZero. Um, Betel Geese's finger. Parentheses, woman two. Ah, yes, Battle Geese's Finger Woman Two. I'm familiar with the character. <laughs> every ever beloved character of Woman Listen, Two. Listen, all I podcast is shows that have fingers about them. I got I got Jujutsu Kaisen, I got ReZero, just fingers up the When is this show you promised me a finger in this show, Max, and I've yet to see it bear out. <laughs> Play Elden Ring in the meantime. That game's all about fucking fingers. Yeah, I haven't fucking touched a finger. Fuck I I don't fuck with a multiplayer. <laughs> Finky type game. Um but yeah, that's that's that, that's Beyond Tomb World. That's Julianne Taylor. Thank you, Julianne Taylor. Thank you for your service. And Sarah. Yes. Got a question for you. It's that time of the week. Give me that robot of the week. I think my robot of the week this week is going to have to be uh, Mekazawa from Ju- from Jujutsu Kaisen manga and anime. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Oh yes, the funny little fucking. Ro- or, no, not, Me- not Sorry, not Mekazawa. Um, is it? Is that his name? Mekazawa's from Chromarty. Mekamaru. Mekamaru. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Not- this guy fucking creeps me out a lot. Oh, I love him. He's a. He's just. Like, he's just a brown robot. He's just a normal, regular brown robot. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He has fucking King Crimson face. He does have a little bit King Crimson's face. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, I trust him and his weird, like, flame sigil on his forehead. I will say I like his cool scarf thing. Yeah. Wow. I like him. Hey, I yeah. I, I care him. I will say this. Yeah. Uh, Max, hit the hit the plugs. Hit the plug. It's plug time. Um, I'll go first, sure. I suppose, since I'm being offered. Uh, I'm Max. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Maxi Bajillion. You can listen to my other shows, which are Pot of Greed, the world's number one only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast sponsored by Kaiba Corp. Uh, it's on Twitter, Pot of Greed Cast. This weekend, we're going to record Krugio, episode two, which is on Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, that's a Patreon exclusive, so join our Patreon for that. You can also go to slappersonlypod.com or slappersonlypod on Twitter. Um, still working on Mario Odyssey. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get th- listen, um, you know what? Our, I mean, <laughs> progress is progress, right? <laughs> Progress is progress. It'll come out and it'll be good. We promise. I believe it. Um, do I have a fourth show? I guess if you want to listen to um, Nevermind the Trollocs, our Wheel of Time podcast that we finished because season one's over, you can do that and NVM the Trollocs on Twitter. Uh, Sarah. Yeah, uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter at Sunhazgenya, S U N H A T Z H E N Y A. You can listen to the other podcast I'm currently doing, Forward Forward Re Zero. It's a Re Zero rewatch podcast that I do with my girlfriend, Neve, and a friend of this pod, current, former host of this pod, Morg. 
Um, I do have a couple other podcasts that are in stasis of some variety right now. Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Fear Baiting, and The Wonder Years. If you would like to dig into those archives, I welcome it, because I think those are also very good podcasts. Um, I think that's all for me. I think that's all, that's all I got. Cool. Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash podcast. You can join our Discord. Thank you to noisebase.xyz. Thank you, Matt. Thank GameCube. you, Matt GameCube. Uh, they did surgery on a GameCube. He's doing well, folks. <laughs> um, and... How about, how, about you, how about you begin the outro this week, Sarah? I feel war, like I need to share it. War is bad, Max. I need to tell you this. Wow, cool robot. See you next week. Bye. Bye. I think we'll be on Earth, actually. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. Earth. Finally. Bye. Bye.